welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Peaceful Ease podcast. I'm Mario Pereca here as always with Ela Crane. And I want to remind everyone right off the bat, keep the messages coming. Email us, hello at peacefulease.com is where you can reach us by email. By phone, you can reach us at 424-625-5562. Again, the Peaceful Ease hotline, 424-625-5562. Let us know what you think and make your voice part of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Ela, what's going on today? Good. And can I just say, I love the peaceful is hotline. Like if there's an emergency <laughs> around peace, you can call us. <laughs> That's right. Call the hotline. We're here to just share peace, help you uncover peace in your life. It's awesome. I don't know where that came from. It just, it must have been inspired from somewhere. <laughs> You're waiting here for you with open arms anytime. <laughs> That's right. I think that the world needs a hotline for peace. So I think that this is something that needed to happen. Exactly. I agree. Also, it became so kind of the name just appeared. It was so organic. <laughs> yes, it just came out. So it's divinely inspired. I believe that. <laughs> and so the other thing is, speaking of divinely inspired, Ela and I were having a conversation not so long ago. And I found out that two years ago, Ela went on, I'll call it a pilgrimage, but it was sort of an adventure, an eight-month-long adventure where she met people from all over the world, like big time people like Tony Robbins, Dalai Lama, Les Brown, just to name a few people that I follow very closely. And we were talking about, since I have a Tony Robbins background, she has a Tony Robbins background from attending events. She was talking about an event that she went to. And one of the topics that came up at this event was the primary question. So Tony Robbins says we have a primary question that we all ask ourselves. And we tend to ask it over. That's the dominating question of our lives that guides us. And so Ela said that she had a theory that we have a primary emotion that we all go to and that we tend to experience regardless of the situation. That's like our what Tony Robbins calls our emotional home. And so we started talking about that. And it's a fascinating topic. So as we were talking, we said this needs to be what we talk about on the next episode. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So I want Ela to carry the conversation now and talk a little bit about your emotional home and why that is so vital for us to know what our emotional home is and how we can operate with that awareness. Yeah, and I really like the story he shared, Tony Robbins shared during his event. He said in his early days, he would just attend one workshop after another just to see how people did things. And every workshop, he would be taking notes. Oh, this could be better. That could be better. The sound is not great. The presentation could be better. And then he realized his primary question is, how can I make it better? And I could see that, you know, in him that he's always pushing the borders and limits and expanding and doing things and improving things. And then he asked everyone, what's your primary question? And 
people came up with all sorts of interesting things, like how can I make things easier, faster, more accessible? How can I communicate better? And these questions apparently change because there's a video to his explanation of this, and we can link to that. His, currently, his question is apparently, how can I appreciate God's perfection in this moment? So a primary question is something that evolves as you evolve as a person. All this made me think of a primary emotion that we all feel at home and we kind of see everything through the lenses of this emotion. And this could be maybe optimism, this could be avoidance, but I wanted to share an exercise that I learned to define this. Now, most of the time, you can just think of events and find out what your primary emotion is. Like if you're questioning yourself a lot, you know, with every new thing that knocks on your door, you say, I don't know if I can manage this. And obviously, it's more like for you, it's self-doubt. My husband, for example, is a complete optimist. Like you can just throw anything at him and he would say, he can do it, he can manage it, he can find a way. And the, I think the sentence he repeats the most is like, it will be fine, we'll be fine, it'll be okay. And for me, I think it's kind of curiosity. Like the question I repeat the most is, what if? You know, I walk down the street and I look around and whatever I see, like every person I see, or even if I see a dog or anything, I just say, what if I was this person? What if I was this dog? What would it feel like? It's just this endless, what if we could trade memories? What if we could share emotions, like whatever I felt could appear in somebody else's mind? Like it's just this endless what ifs. And I want people to kind of discover what this emotion is for them because then you start seeing things as they are because when you know what kind of lenses you're wearing, you can just take them off for a moment and see the reality as it is. And there is this exercise. I think it's by Lee Strasberg, who was an acting teacher. And a friend of mine guided me through it. And it's very powerful and it's very simple. So what you do is just you pick an object. It could be a glass of water on the table or it could be the table itself. Something that you can see fully. And then you just look at it. No talking no discussions, just keep your eyes glued to it. And as your eyes are glued to that object, feel what you're feeling about that object and try to name five emotions. Look at the colors, look at the shapes, see if there are any reflections, any texture, and your mind can wander. It can go from the object to what it reminds you of, and it's fine. But come back to the emotion. If you remember something, just notice what that memory does to you. And if you keep naming the emotions, you will see that either the last emotion you hit or 
the emotion you repeat again, you find yourself feeling again and again, is the one that's your primary emotion. If you're not sure whether you can do this or not, well, that's also an emotion that notice that you're doubting. So that could be your emotion. If you are thinking, oh, I just can't do this, I don't have the time, maybe that's your emotion because that's avoidance. If you are doing this exercise, hitting an emotion again and again, you can try it with different objects, that's perhaps your emotion. And you will notice the emotion may have nothing to do with the object. You could be staring at a glass of water and feel sadness. And that's fine. That's what it is. And as you notice it, this will show you the glasses you are wearing, the lenses you see through. And it's important because, in a way, growth lies outside of this pattern, outside of this vision. It's like taking your glasses off to see the real colors, the true shades of things. So that's what I wanted to share. That's powerful. I was following along with you and I have this little magic eight ball in my hand that I was doing it with. It's a, it's a dog toy, by the way. So it was something that I was just holding. So it came, it was, I didn't know we were going to do this, but I had this in my hand anyway. I was just holding it for whatever reason. And I used it and I've, for whatever reason, the emotion that came up the most for me was excitement, excitement, happiness, and joy. And I don't know why this is a new toy for my dog. I don't know why, but it did. Cause I guess it's a ball, it's active, it's exciting, it's fun. It was a good exercise. And do you think excitement is something you feel often? It does it represent you somehow? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Excitement is something that I experience a lot. I think optimism as well is something that I experience a lot. Even, you know, I was out walking, my girlfriend and I were walking our puppy the other day, and our neighbor came out and we were just talking, catching up, whatever. And one of the things she said to me was, the one thing I love about you, Mari, is you always see the silver lining. I could tell you that it was storming, we were caught in the rain, and you'd find something good about that situation. And she's like, it's a great thing, but sometimes when you're angry, <laughs> it makes you makes the other person angrier. And I'm like, well, I just look for the good. That's what I try to find because, you know, like I said, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode that ever since I was young and I would see, you know, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and that story of him and his mother, when he was watching the news as a child, his mother, he would be upset from what he saw that's happening in the world. And she would say, just look for the helpers. Because if you look hard enough, you'll always find the people helping and the people doing good and you'll always see the good. And I heard that from a young age and that's something I've always done is like, yeah, it might be bad, but there's got to be something good there. Where's the good? Mm -hmm. And so that's a question I ask myself a lot. But probably my primary question more than anything is how can I understand better? So when I'm listening to someone talk or I'm innocent looking at something, it's like, how can I understand this better? And that's why I reiterate things a lot, especially on podcasts, because I'm trying to understand what that other person said to make sure I grasped it. 
I interviewed a guest not so long ago, and I've interviewed a lot of guests, but one of the compliments I got after the interview was, I love the way you rephrase the things that I say and say them back to me in a way that I can understand them better. I'm like, well, that's just me trying to understand them better as well. So I'll always, I'll say, so you said this and this, you know, so it's just rehashing, but in my own words. And then when they say yes, now I feel like I understand. Now I feel like since I understand and they know I understand, I can add something more valuable to the conversation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And as you were talking, it just came to me that the primary emotion and the primary question are probably linked somehow. They support one another. Like your excitement and your wanting to understand people better, they fit together pretty well. Yeah. I'm always looking for how to understand. And then it, it, it is exciting when I understand, when I get it. It's empathy. Like when I can feel what you're feeling and I understand that, not just I know you're sad, but like, how sad are you? What makes you feel that way? What do you really feel like? And when I understand that, then I feel like I can actually help because we're both in the same place. And if you're trying to convey a message that's powerful, I want to try to help you get that message out. So like when, when I'm doing a podcast or co-hosting or whatever, you know, I know you have something very powerful to say. So it's always my mission to understand it for the listener so that I can help you help them help all of us understand at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. I think my primary question is how can I create some ease in any that, situation? That's <laughs> fitting. That's yeah. yeah. And it fits together with my curiosity. Like what if, so what if I was this person is my first kind of entry point and the second one is like the question kicks in like how can I create some ease you know in this person's life or surroundings or in this situation you know and it explains why I do what I do I guess (laughs) absolutely and I think a lot of these things like what you've mentioned in previous episodes awareness is so important because whether you're aware of these things or not you're still doing them You still have that primary question. You still have that primary emotion. The question is, is it serving you or not? And if it isn't, how can you be aware of how you're operating so that you can consciously make the decision to focus on the things that are going to help you create what you want to create in your life and experience what you desire to experience? And I think a deeper level is not just create an experience, but how can you operate from a place that helps you contribute your uniqueness to the world and the way in which you're here to do. Mm-hmm. Well said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. There's nothing more to say. <laughs> it's a powerful way of thinking when you can figure out, you know, what am I asking myself constantly at a deep level? What am I experiencing? Because when you talk about emotional homes, the situation or the event is irrelevant, right? It's just the event. But how you feel about that event is what makes it what it is. So like an example I use is I could go outside and my neighbor could go outside at the same exact time, same exact place, same exact everything. We're standing right next to each other. And I might say, what a beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's gorgeous. I can't wait to get started. Uh, It's just such a great day. And the same neighbor might step outside and go, wow, it's so hot. I can't believe I'm so humid. I'm sweating. Oh, this is terrible. It's going to be a long, terrible day. Same weather, same everything. It's just the emotion that we bring to it that makes us experience it in that manner. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is a choice to some degree. This mm-hmm. is a choice. Happiness or peace or joy or sadness or depression. There are choices. And you may think, oh, who would want to be depressed? But depression has a role. Everything we do, because it serves us in some ways. So what I mean is depression may be protecting you from something or serving you in some ways. There may be some issues that are too heavy for you to deal. So you kind of hibernate. And that may be necessary. So there's no really good or bad emotion. They're all choices we make sometimes unconsciously, sometimes out of habit, sometimes out of fear. But we choose them. And my work is like, being aware, becoming aware of these choices and making them more consciously. That's why what you do is so important because I was just going to say before you just said it so brilliantly, happiness is a choice with awareness. Because if you're not aware, then you can't choose. You allow circumstance to dictate. You allow other people's examples to dictate how you feel and how you show up. And it still happens to some extent in certain things because, you know, say you're driving down the street. I mean, Ela is one of the most laid back, peaceful, compassionate people I know. But I can envision, maybe I'm wrong, but I can envision her driving down the street, someone cutting her off in traffic and her having a moment of anger or a moment of jumping to why did this happen? But then Ela would pull herself back and make the conscious decision to have compassion for that person and to return to her normal state of ease and peace. Whereas if you've never been to that place, someone cuts you off, what happens? You yell, you scream, you use different words, but the difference is you allow yourself to go deeper down that path instead of pulling yourself back and making a conscious decision. So one of my mentors in the past told me that, and this stuck with me as well, the second reaction is the most important. What they were saying essentially was, you're going to react as a human to certain things. And that's going to be your first reaction. But what's more important is having awareness to see what that reaction is and ask yourself, how do I really want to react? How do I really want to show up in this moment to get me to where I need to be or help the other person or whatever? So while that first reaction just happens, it's just a reaction. And a lot of the reactions we have are very similar because we're human and usually it's biology more so than psychology then you can step back and say, okay, I really want to do this. And so that second reaction being that it's a conscious choice, if you have awareness, becomes the most important. Yeah. And not buying into the kind of more superficial level of perception. For instance, something happened last week and someone whom I care deeply, I promised him to go to an event that was special for him, like an opening night and I cannot because I'm leaving for Switzerland I'm flying off and it's in three weeks and I had to tell him that I couldn't be there and I was upset but I thought also this is a good enough like advance to tell him that I won't be there so he can make the necessary adjustments and the person got so angry at me like really yelling it hadn't like i haven't experienced anything like that i don't know if ever or in a long long time a few episodes back you brought up an example like this is this where this came from 
I don't know. I don't remember that. Okay. There was an episode that we did. It was a few episodes back where you taught, we were talking about this certain similarities and you mentioned an example of if you promise to go to an event and then something happens in your life and you can't come the other person understanding between the two people. You mean it was like a theoretical thing I mentioned? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. then I manifested it for okay. real this time. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Anyway, okay. go ahead. But I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I should go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. So the person got so upset, really yelling and screaming. I'm being really rude too. But I could just be there standing in front of him. And what was happening in my heart was thinking, I'm so sorry to make you so upset. And it didn't matter what he told me or what kind of names he called me. I was really upset to see him upset because I knew deep inside he was yelling and screaming because he wanted me to be there, because he cares about me, because he cares about me so much. He cares about me being there so much that this is so painful. And it was a beautiful moment of like what we talk, you know, do not take it personal. Yeah. Do not let your impulses run wild. Make the choice. And in that moment, I guess through, uh, through training, meditating, my reaction was compassion. And I was looking and saying, I'm sorry to cause this pain in you. And I just waited, waited and waited and waited. And when everything kind of settled down, we started to talk again. And minutes later, I dropped him home and we were hugging and telling each other how much we care about each other. And I said, I know, I could see it. Like I could see how much you care about me when you were screaming. And the next day he emailed me saying, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't know. I'm like, doesn't matter. Because I know where you're coming from. I know that you did that because of you caring about me and wanting me to be there with you on this special day. And that's the awareness I'm talking about. Not just the superficial, oh, this person is angry, but why is he angry? What does he really want? And what is happening? You know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And that person was in that moment was in real pain. And I didn't create additional suffering on top. I chose not to. I just could be there for that person until his pain kind of eased down. It's a beautiful story. And it shows possibility. I mean, for you to not jump to that. And I think in that situation, the fact that you both cared about each other and you do care about each other and you have that deep connection that helps a lot. To have that level of, I can get my emotion out and be raw and real about it without the fear that I'm going to lose you. And I, I totally agree. Thanks for saying that. I feel like we are now connected at a deeper level. It's beyond me or him attending an event. Like even if either of us can't make it, the connection is deeper now. And I will be with him, like I will be thinking about him and wishing him the best. And But still, I feel like we are connected at a deeper level that we understand our care for each other is not limited to our physical appearances, like often in an event or 
any other thing. It's beyond that. And you can't take that away with even with anger or impulsive behavior or anything. And that's deep. That's a deep thing. And that's something that, you know, I'm sure with intention, it happened over time. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I manifest, manifested it too. <laughs> I remember very clearly that theoretical situation. And that's what made me think this time when you brought this up, maybe it wasn't theoretical because I thought it was at the time. I thought maybe this happened and then she used it as an example, but didn't say this happened to me. Yeah, no, no, this happened very <laughs> recently. So still like as I talk about it, it's still fresh in my heart. I can feel the kind of, the, still the emotions. Wow. Yeah. Well, Ela, thank you as always. I always learn so much and love having these conversations with you. And I also love the feedback that we get from everyone listening. The emails we get, and you can add your email, hello at peacefulease.com is where you can do that. You can find out more about Ela in the show at peacefulease.com. And you can call us now on the Peacefulease hotline, 424-625-5562 is that number. Again, 424 625 5562. Call us. Let us know what's on your heart. Let us know any feedback, anything that came up during this episode or previous episodes, anything you would like to hear about in future episodes, any questions you have for Ela. She's happy to answer them on the Peaceful Ease Hotline. And Ela, thank you again so much. Is there anything you want to leave people with before we bring the show to an end and get ready for next week's? Yeah. So thank you for listening and just Think about your primary emotion and primary question and how they're linked to each other and what kind of impact they have on your life and on your perception of things and events. Awesome stuff. Ela, again, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to speak with you on the next episode. And I want to remind everyone to find us again, peacefullies.com. And again, get us all your feedback. This has been a great episode and I can't wait for the next one. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next time on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.